Are you a lawyer who desires more freedom and flexibility in your work life? To be more available for your family, stop deferring those bucket list travel destinations until retirement, take care of yourself physically and mentally, or even just have more time for your other passions and priorities. What would it mean for your life if you could continue to practice law without sacrificing in any of these areas or sacrificing your income? I'm Kaylee Jacome, host of the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. I run a six-figure virtual law practice working less than 25 hours a week. I'm a mom of two little ones and started my practice so I wouldn't have to choose between my vision of motherhood and my legal career. Your dreams and priorities may be different, but if you're curious about how to create a practice that is designed around your most important priorities in life, rather than always having to fit your life around your career, then you're in the right place. You, my friend, are more than just a lawyer, and you can lawyer on your own terms. Welcome to the Lawyer on Your Terms podcast. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Lawyer on Your Terms. My voice is still a bit raspy as I'm getting over a cold, but I'm finally feeling normal enough to record an episode. So bear with me here. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is routines, systems, and fresh starts. I personally am not naturally a routine or systems queen, quite the contrary. But as I'm sure you can relate to, the more complex life becomes, the more essential it is to have those routines and systems in place to fall back on. As James Clear, author of the best-selling book Atomic Habits, puts it, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. That is 100% true, daily and weekly. It's also a really great time to have a fresh start in establishing or refining the systems in your business or refining your workflow. As lawyers, we're in school for so many years that no matter how long ago your career as a student was, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but the back-to-school season always feels like the beginning of a fresh new year. In some ways, end of August, early September, that feels more like the new year to me than January. And if you're a parent, then your family and maybe even your work routines are changing significantly this time of year. Finally, if you are a business owner, you might be seeing a big uptick in your business this time of year as society as a whole is getting back to it. So today I want to share with you my system for recalibrating my routines and my systems when we need a refresh. I often will do this a couple times a year as the needs of our family change. I did this most recently at the beginning of summer because childcare was changing for us, and I'm doing it again now. I'm also working through this process with a client who just launched her law firm last week, who's been through our accelerator program. And again, as a mom, it's just this time of year is such a natural time of year to revisit all of these routines and systems. So this time last year, we had just moved into a new house about an hour away in a rural area. We had baby chicks and ducklings in a brooder. If you don't know what that is, it's the big container that they live in with a big lamp on it to keep them warm. And it's a high maintenance period in the life of a chicken. We were still unpacking majorly. My 18-month-old was starting school for the first time ever. 
two days a week at a mom's day out program, and my then five-year-old was starting her hybrid homeschool kindergarten program. So I'm at that time, I'm trying to get us settled in a new house, deal with back to school with the part-time homeschool element for the first time, and prepare for my busiest season in my business, the fall. So feeling like I was juggling a circus, I knew that I needed a strategy. And I reached out to my friend, Dominica Fasolo. She's an EU lawyer and a performance coach for lawyers to help me create some new routines that could stand up to the demands of our new life. And I'm going to link her information below so you can check out her resources. She is amazing. It was super helpful at that time. And then this year, thankfully, life is not nearly as hectic. My daughter is continuing at the same school and we're in the same house on relatively the same schedule. But still, we are about to come home from a five-week-long family visit in Ohio and on the East Coast and transition from summer to the school season. So if you are in the same place of life or just schedules changing, it's a great opportunity to set yourself up for success for the rest of the year. So today I want to share with you some of my back-to-school and back-to-business tips. Now, my first tip is to look at a blank week at a week-at-a-glance calendar and on a separate piece of paper, or you can type it out however you prefer, start listing out your obligations, priorities, and desires of what you want to accomplish or make time for in that week and do this by categories. So depending on the demands of your life, these categories may be different. But personally, I wrote down everything on a high level. So think like job position description that I needed to do in my business. And then I did the same for my job position as a mom, which includes two days of homeschooling, a separate category for managing our home, which is its whole other job, and then one category for things that I need to do to take care of myself. So whatever categories you identify as being the main needs in your life, begin by categorizing your life's components into maybe work, family, home management. Begin by categorizing your obligations and your priorities within each of those categories. By compartmentalizing your responsibilities, it's easier to gain a holistic view of your life. And that's going to make it easier for you to, from a bird's eye view, organize all of these categories and all of these obligations into your week in a way that works. So within the work category, I recommend that you sketch out those really high level tasks that are involved in your role. So whether you are still at, at your nine to five job or whatever it is, seven, seven to eight, Think of all of the tasks that you need to do in a particular day. If you're a business owner, you want to be thinking about, of course, both the client work, your marketing, and then administrative tasks. So if you were writing a job description for yourself to post your job, think of it that way. So these are going to be maybe broader categories. In my personal business, I may have trademark work, contract work networking, marketing. These may be some of the bigger categories that I'm responsible for. And so I'm going to look at my work week and when I want to schedule in those activities. 
So then on a weekly basis, on a Sunday, I can look at this and say, okay, when it comes to my marketing activities, these are the specific actionable things that I want to get done on Monday when I've already blocked out this time for marketing. So that's a strategic way of ensuring that the smaller tasks are going to contribute to the bigger picture and help you maintain focus and momentum. So in the realm of family commitments, think about school schedules, homework, extracurriculars, and all of your other duties as a parent. And again, categorizing these things will help you keep track of your family's needs and make sure you're realistic about the week as well. So perhaps if you at certain times get tunnel vision on your business and you overlook really all that you have going on in your family that week, you can get to the end of the week feeling like you didn't accomplish much and you're not meeting your own expectations because those expectations perhaps were unreasonable. So again, looking at the week as a whole and considering all of your life duties holistically is going to help work and your personal life run a lot more smoothly. And then home management. This is not often an unsung hero in our lives. If you have outsourced most of your home management, then bravo to you. You are my hero. I, di- I had outsourced some of this when we lived more in the suburbs, but now that we're in a rural area with the farm animals, it's just it's just one of those seasons. It's easier to do it myself than try to find someone who's going to hike out to our little homestead and do it for us. Children are a great resource in learning to do chores. That is something that I'm implementing. But for the things that are really my obligations or the things that I want to do myself, it's important to consider how all of those things are going to work into your week as well. So by designated designating a portion of your calendar to tasks like grocery shopping or ordering groceries for delivery, any cleaning or bill payments, you're ensuring that those household functions are happening efficiently and blocking out time for them so you're not, you know, rushing to do things at the last minute. This organization is going to really reduce stress and free up your mental space because especially as women, as moms, we carry such a mental load for the things that have to get done. And if you can carve out a time, and we'll talk about this in a moment, where this is the time of week that you're going to deal with this, so you don't need to dwell on it and carry it around with you all week. There's a designated time for to handle those things. It's really just going to make you less stressed the entire week. And then last, but certainly not least, making room for self-care. So in the rush of our busy lives, just looking after yourself can often be overlooked. So whether that's reading a book, meditating, going for a leisurely walk, as moms of young kids, washing your hair, something as simple as that, something as simple as making sure you take off all of your makeup and put on that night cream, whatever it is for you, making sure that you're actually taking the time to do that. You're not so busy that you're running yourself into the ground personally. Okay, so my tip number two is to plan a weekly prep day, or this could be a portion of the day. Now, depending on your unique obligations and priorities, you might not need to do all of your prep in one day, but at a minimum, carving out time from at least one day to reflect and prepare for the week as a whole 
is going to be really helpful. So maybe that involves meal planning for the week and just some of the meal prep. Maybe it's not going to be all of the meal prep. For me, I find it really impractical to get all of my meal prep done on Sundays to last me the week. Normally, I can do some of that and it's going to last a few more days, a few days. And then I'll need another area of time carved out to meal prep for the remainder of the week. But at least creating that time for yourself. Or maybe that involves like cleaning out your car for a fresh start to the week, even if you're going to have to clean it out again later. Again, for you parents of small children out there, the once a week car clean does not cut it. And needless to say, this step is going to make your week go much more smoothly and it's going to streamline things that we'll cover in tip three. So for me, Sunday afternoon and evening are my prep time. So here are some of the things that I will do during that time. First, I'll look at my work calendar for the week, the appointments on my calendar, and make a to-do list for each day. And usually that gets added to as the week goes along. So on a high level, like we covered in tip one, I may have made time for marketing blocked out on a day. Then on Sunday, I'm looking at my week and I'll make specific tasks for that time, like drafting a blog article, providing social media content, approving social media content for publication, identifying new podcasts that we want to pitch to, things like that. On Sundays, I'll also do grocery shopping or place a grocery delivery order, clean out the fridge, and prep food. Food prep, if you're wondering, on Sundays is usually pretty simple and again will only last a couple days, but usually I'll cook rice in the Instant Pot and then cook a bunch of shredded chicken or something like that, a meat to have, so that can last us a few days and I can just pull from that to put on salads or whatever it is that we're making. And that really cuts out a lot of time. We usually have something easy on Sundays for dinner because the cooking that's going on is for the week ahead, not necessarily to have a big Sunday dinner. And that's pretty much it for my prep day because we have a somewhat slow start to our week on Monday, being a homeschool day. So the prep for the week extends into Mondays, with that being a day that I make sure the kids' clothes and uniforms are ready for the rest of the week. I'll usually make a larger meal for dinner that night so that we can have it for leftovers on a busier day that week or take it for lunch. And so that's another big tip from a holistic point of view on balancing life and work. I try to identify what are days in the week that I have time that I can make a bigger meal or I can make a meal that's going to be more time intensive and make enough that it is going to last for leftovers and things like that. Because if I'm just coming up with meal ideas on a Sunday in, with this fanciful idea that we're going to get home from school and work and make this elaborate meal, life gets in the way and that doesn't happen. And that's when we'll end up eating food that's not that great for us. So being realistic and identifying when you have time to do those things. And maybe it's not cooking, but maybe it's cleaning or anything else that you have going on in your life. Being realistic about which days in the week do I really have margin for this. All right, tip number three is to reset and refine your morning and evening routines. Reflecting on what's not getting done or what's failing you about your current system is a really good place to start for motivation. I think beginning our discussion with the evening routine is a good place to start because really it is true that a good morning starts the evening before. 
And you may see on social media, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever, that people really romanticize their morning and evening routines into something that seems extremely unachievable. And I think, especially as busy women, when you have so much going on, having a morning routine and an evening routine, at least that you, the intention of one, that you've thought ahead of time of how can you prepare yourself for success, is not um, a romantic, luxurious notion, but it's essential. And there are some things that you might see on those type of morning routine posts that would be a really lovely thing to incorporate, but seem over the top and make you want to roll your eyes, like lighting candles and meditating at 5.30 a.m. before you start your day. That may be extremely unrealistic for you. But I think that especially when it comes to the early morning or right before you go to sleep, if you can insert some kind of relaxing or self-care routine that right now you may think is unrealistic, just building the habit, starting really small and building in small habits of ways to just rejuvenate yourself over time is going to probably seem more and more practical and more and more doable because you're going to love it so much that it's going to have, it's going to be almost addictive. You're going to want that morning time. So I think it's all a matter of being realistic with your time and building habits over time. So my advice here is not necessarily groundbreaking, but it may be easier said than done. When it comes to planning your evening, I think it's really helpful to A, start earlier, and B, as my daughter would say, do the hard things first. Work schedules and kid activities will probably dictate when you can quote-unquote start your evening routine, but instead of waiting until you know, you're hungry to start dinner or calling the beginning of your even or evening or thinking about your evening routine as when your kid's bedtime routine starts, thinking of kid's bedtime as being the beginning of your evening. For those of you with little ones, try to rethink the beginning of your evening for anyone, whatever season of life you are in, as when you first arrive at home. And if you work from home, maybe that's when you are ending your workday. And I would do this even if you are going to need to go out again for some reason. So let's say, for example, you are coming home at 5.30 and at 6.30, you're going to need to run one of your kids to some kind of extracurricular activity. I would still think of that time as the beginning of your evening routine. So the close of the workday and now your focus is on what you need to do personally for yourself, for your family and preparing for the next day. So in our family, on some days, we are not getting back until 6 p.m. from school and work, but we also have homeschool days where we are only leaving the house to run some morning or midday errands or make a trip to the park or something like that. So obviously, we're able to start our evening routine earlier on those days, and when we can, the evening starts at around 4 p.m., or that's how it starts in my mind. I need to shift my focus into making sure the rest of this day goes smoothly and we're prepared well for tomorrow. On most Thursdays, for example, my kids have a babysitter who comes over to the house from about 12 or 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. I work in my office during those hours, and when she leaves, that's my cue to transition 
from work to mom life. So I'm making dinner, prepping lunches, finishing laundry, all that good stuff. And this time helps me to make up for those days when we aren't getting home until 6 p.m. On our other homeschool day, the kids don't have a babysitter coming over. And so beyond getting our homeschool work out of the way, I really have more latitude to get things done around the house throughout the day with the kids. So employing tip number two of really having prep done for your week ahead of time is going to also make your evenings go more smoothly if you have limited time slot for your evening routine. So point number two here about doing the hard stuff first in your evening routine is simply those things that you just don't want to do or that really are the harder stuff. If you're leaving those tasks that you don't enjoy doing or they're harder to do but need to be done before the day's end or to prepare for the morning, if you're leaving those tasks to right before you go to bed, which I have definitely done many times, then it's causing you to run late and probably be stressed, and maybe you're just not getting that done at all. For me, it's been packing the kids' lunch the night before. I often leave this until like 10 p.m. or the next morning, and when we do have school days, we have to leave the house at 6.45 in the morning, so I really don't have time to be setting myself up for failure like that. When it comes to resetting and refining systems and routines for back to school, and back to business season, I am right there with you. So making the kids' lunches while I'm making dinner is one of those tweaks that I'm endeavoring to make this year. So think about also what is failing you in your morning routine, causing you to run late, etc., and then try to incorporate a fix for that in your evening routine if you can. All right, now let's talk about morning routines. Now there's so much information about out there about forming the perfect morning routine, but it doesn't need to be stressful. It needs to serve you. Now, each of these points that I'm going to share could probably could be its own episode, but I'm going to tell you my three big tips for your morning routine. Again, they're probably not groundbreaking, but they are the basics and they are pretty essential in the scheme of things. So tip number one is to wake up a little earlier. I also am a huge fan of sleep. I think that if your choice is between getting an adequate amount of sleep and starting a romanticized morning routine, I'm always going to go for sleep. However, if you can even get to bed a little earlier so you can wake up earlier, you're going to give yourself so much more margin for the day. Tip number two is to do something that feeds your soul. Again, this doesn't need to be an elaborate, like you're going to go sit in the sauna and then go into an ice plunge bath or whatever they call it. It can be something really simple, like even having a cup of coffee in silence. Or if you can take a few minutes to journal, like jot down a few things that you're grateful for. Praying, meditating, or just sitting there in silence, being awake and be being perfectly quiet and still. Even something as simple as that can feed the soul. Tip number three here is to get yourself ready for the day in a way that makes you feel good. So that's going to be different for all of us. But if you don't have enough margin in your morning to be fixing your hair in the way that makes you feel good, even if that's simple, or if you feel your best with a little makeup on, but you never have time for it, try to work these things into your morning. And maybe you can even double up tips two and three here by sipping your coffee, listening to a podcast, and doing something you enjoy while you get ready for the day. 
Your morning routine does not have to be complicated, but if you can try to prioritize these things and try to get some of the busy work of the morning accomplished in the evening so you have time to start your day on a positive note instead of in a a very rushed and hurried fashion, that's going to serve you not just for that day, but your overall well-being. And there you have it, a little toolkit for you to navigate the back-to-school season with confidence. As lawyers and parents and business owners, this time of year offers a canvas for fresh routines and reinvigorated systems. So reflect on what's going well in your routines, what's not, what you want to tweak for the year moving forward, and all of that is going to propel you towards success. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I will see you next week. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me and really help us grow. If you would take a moment to go to your podcast app where you listen and leave us a review. If you know a lawyer who you think would enjoy this podcast, please take a screenshot of your favorite episode and send it to them or tag them in a post. And before we leave, I just want to remind you that you are more than just a lawyer and you can lawyer on your own terms. I'll see you next week.